Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Olivia DeBercier. And I'm Sophia Osborne. And this week we're going to be talking about the giant isopod, which was actually a suggestion from Lee, one of our listeners, and their handle is at Toratameru on Twitter. Yeah, so thanks for that suggestion, Lee. Yeah, we're really excited to be doing a listener suggestion, and our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers are always open, and we'd love to hear what other animals you all want us to cover. Yeah, and definitely follow us at our Instagram and Twitter as well. So this week, Sophia is going to be telling us all about the giant isopod, but first, let me tell you what Blathers has to say about it. So growing up to nearly 20 inches, the sea-dwelling giant isopod is the world's largest cousin of the pill bug. 20 inches, 20 times as revolting, I say, making matters worse for those of us who find the pill bug repulsive rather than cute. The giant isopod can swim shockingly fast and is known for its voracious appetite. In fact, it's most happy when dining on the carcasses of animals that have sunk to the bottom of the sea. This behavior has earned it the nickname, the vacuum cleaner of the deep. Why must nature play such awful pranks on me? Wow, that was a really long one, Blathers. <laughs> he kept going. He knows a lot about the giant isopod. He actually covers, like, most of the main most points. Most of them were no. <laughs> yeah, because there's not a lot known about the giant isopod because it is, like, a deep-sea-dwelling creature. It, it was hard for us to decide whether to put this, like, under our, like, insects week or fish week because we were like, what, what category is this in our three very exclusive categories? Yeah, true. Since the addition of sea creatures that you can swim and dive for, which I think is such a fun part of the game. It's so and I'm glad fun. that they added that back in. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, is this a fish? Is this an insect? But we'll we'll just sometimes do these sea creatures as well. Yeah, basically. we'll throw them in here. But I think the giant isopod is a fun one to start with because it is quite exciting and I guess you know some people think it's cute some people think it's creepy we definitely know where Blathers stands on that <laughs> I feel more leaning towards like I find it a little bit unsettling I don't find it like cuddly really but that's mm-hmm. just kind of me like I'm not as much of a fan of things that have more than like four legs <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try to be a bit more objective than Blathers So the term giant isopod, it's not really one species. It's like a catch-all term for 20 different species of large isopods that live in the deep cold waters of the Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian Oceans. And they can live up to 2,000 meters down, although usually they're not that far down, but they still live in the deep sea. And giant isopods were first discovered in 1879 by a French zoologist in the Gulf of Mexico. When we think of the giant isopod, we usually think of the iconic species, the Bathynomus giganteus, which was the first giant isopod species to be described, and it's thought to be the largest at about 20 inches, like Blathers said, which is really big. And it can be found in the West Atlantic Ocean near Mexico and the Caribbean. That's amazing. 20 inches? Yeah. Oh my god, that's huge. I mean, they're not always that big, but the largest one they've found is 20 inches. Wow, amazing. So beyond the fact that they're absolutely gigantic, what else? Like, how do they look? Are they alien? (laughs) Well, like, Shark Week (laughs) has included them in their, like, alien sharks segment which is just kind of weird because like they're not 
sharks, but anyway, like, they are quite weird, but basically, like Blathers said, they look like giant pill bugs, but underwater. So, you know, a pill bug, I usually would think of them as like a wood bug, that's what we call them, I think, and um, I'm so used to them because they're just all over my house. Yeah, they have a lot of names, like place-specific names, so people know them by a lot of different things. Yeah, wood lice too. But yeah, isopods are an order of crustaceans, so, you know, crustaceans like crabs and lobsters, but they're, you know, cousins like Blathers said. And isopods can be found on land, in the sea, in fresh water, and there are over 10,000 species of isopods, so they're quite diverse. But they do look pretty similar, at least, you know, to the, I think, untrained eye, like me. So (laughs) they have rigid, segmented exoskeletons, so like a hard shell. And yeah, it's like, (laughs) I described it as being like a crunchy outside, but that's also gross to think about. And (laughs) they have two pairs of antennae and seven pairs of legs, which to me is just too many legs, but anyway. (laughs) And then I also read that they have five pairs of appendages on their abdomen, so like their upper body, that they use for respiration. So basically, if you're imagining the uh, giant isopod, just imagine a huge wood bug in the deep sea. And then if we're talking about the Bathinimus giganteus in particular, like I said, it can be 20 inches long, although usually they're more around 7 to 14 inches long. Still long. You know, you can find isopods in shallower waters, and those are going to be a lot smaller. But yeah, like I said, they can be found as deep as 2,000 meters down, and they usually hang out around the 300 to 700 meter range. And another thing that is sort of characteristic about their appearance is that because they live in the deep sea, there isn't much light. So the giant isopods are adapted to the dark. And they have, like I said, they have the antennae, but theirs are really big, like half the size of their body, because they use them to maneuver around and tell what's around them. And they also have really large eyes. And yeah, I think it's funny because like people are really into them as like, You know, you see these pictures of people holding them like a baby or a teddy bear and (laughs) there you can even get like plushies of them. So I think the I think the plushies and like the the cute illustrations of them and stuff are cute, but I wouldn't actually like I think if you like offered me one to hold, I I think I would pass. (laughs) It's kind of like holding a large crab. I don't know. I'm thinking of like. I feel like I've seen memes of giant isopods in people's, like, kitchens and stuff. So that's that's what I always think of when yeah. I see them. And in Animal Crossing, too, like, when you take a giant isopod out of your inventory and it's, like, in that little crate and it kind of, it perches on the edge of the crate and, like, pokes its head out so people really like it and it's, like, a little pet. Aww. Yeah, it's, it's cute. There's a lot of, like, cute photos from the game with the giant isopods. Oh, that's yeah. cute. I don't think I've caught one yet, but so overall, I mean, these things are gigantic, but why are they so big? What is the purpose of that? Yeah, so it's a case of what they call deep sea giganticism, which is really cool. And it's a trend that basically animals found in the deep sea are often way bigger than the same animal you'd find in shallower water. So I think the giant squid is a perfect example of that. Like, 
the squids that you find near the surface, you know, they're not going to be like huge. But then in the deep sea, there are these giant squids that are really terrifying and like we know nothing about them. And, um, you know, they're fighting like whales off and all that. I think it's really interesting. But yeah, I mean, scientists aren't quite sure why this happens. Like there's just basically a, f- a bunch of theories and it might be like a combination of some of them. But one theory is that the deep sea has fewer resources and is kind of isolated from the rest of the ocean. And so the animals that you find there are usually larger because it selects for animals that are big enough to survive famine or can travel farther to find food. And this is interesting because they call it the island rule because they see a a similar thing on islands, which are also isolated and have fewer resources. And a lot of times animals on islands will be bigger, apparently. So I thought that was interesting. But there are also other theories, like that there are fewer predators down in the deep sea, so it allows these animals to grow larger. And the temperatures are so cold that it encourages slow growth, which results in larger animals. And there's also the idea that the animals need to carry more oxygen because there's not a lot of oxygen down there, so their bodies become bigger and have longer legs. But overall what we know like even though we're not sure exactly why deep sea giganticism happens we know that being big is advantageous in the deep sea that's super interesting yeah i i guess i've never i've never heard of the term deep sea giganticism it's going up there with like my favorite terms along with like charismatic megafauna like that is a good I really like that term. It's a good band name. I know. I like that too. So what would the giant isopod eat then? They're big. There's not a lot of resources down there. What are they consuming? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, so Blathers kind of like editorialized this in his description, like that they like, yeah, he says they're known for their voracious appetite and they're most happy when dining on the carcasses of animals. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that might be like a bit humanizing (laughs) the personification yeah a bit of a personification but it is true that they are known as a vacuum cleaner of the deep and yeah they're important scavengers who feed on dead whales and fish and squid that fall to the ocean floor and this is really helpful for the ecosystem but they also sometimes will eat live prey like they'll eat sea cucumbers and sponges But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the time the ocean floor is really barren at this depth. Like it's not like there's just tons of whale carcasses everywhere and they're just gorging on them all the time. A lot of the time there's very little and it's quite like a scarce environment. So they'll eat the marine snow that falls down from shallower depths. Yeah, and so it's actually like the uneaten parts of decaying animals that are like further up in the water and they fall down in like white flakes like snow. Like fish food. Yeah, like fish food. But the other thing is that there's just so little to eat that the giant isopods actually have really slow metabolisms and can survive for a long time without food. And apparently one giant isopod kept in captivity in Japan survived for five years without food Whoa. which I'm kind of like why do they know that yeah. like I I don't like the idea that they're just starving their giant isopods but okay like maybe it just didn't eat yeah I don't know like I don't know the context towards that hmm. but I mean it is amazing like especially given their size but yeah 
I think like we shouldn't be scared of giant isopods. They're mostly harmless and they mostly eat dead things. But there's actually quite a famous video you can watch, which I guess we can we can post it on Twitter and stuff. But it's of a giant isopod lunging out and latching onto this dogfish shark, which is like a small shark. And it just like grabs its face and just eats its face. It's really intense. <laughs> so if we were doing like a will it hurt you segment, yeah. maybe? Probably maybe not. If you're, a, like <laughs> if if you're, you're a dogfish shark, shark and the isopod yeah. hasn't eaten for five years. I mean, like I would also have a voracious appetite if I hadn't eaten for that long. Yeah. It's kind of Stranger Things-esque. It's really interesting. And they showed that clip on Shark Week, so... I guess that's part of the reason that it's so famous. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're, like, often battling with sharks or anything. Like, they don't really have any natural predators because they're, they're like a crab but worse, basically. Like, they have a really hard outer shell and they have very little meat on them, like, much less meat than a crab. And they also can curl up into a ball to protect themselves, which if you've ever seen wood bugs... They can do that too, I think. Like, I've definitely seen them curl up into a little ball. So they basically just don't make very good food and they're hard to crack, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like a lot of deep sea creatures, we really don't know a lot about them. Like, (laughs) I guess this is probably a short episode because there just hasn't been a lot of research done on them. It's really expensive to be sending submersibles down all the time to try to collect more information about them. So I can't really talk about their conservation status, but there was a big, I guess, news event with giant isopods that happened earlier in August. There have been lots of reports of scientists discovering a new species of giant isopod, which is the Bethanimus raxasa, which was found in 2018 on an expedition in Indonesia. And they took a lot of different samples of different isopods, I guess, and they're now they're IDing them. So they found this one that had never been ID'd before. So I think there's probably like a lot more giant isopods out there that we haven't discovered yet. Probably more than 20. So yeah, that's kind of exciting if you like them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. And I mean, like you said, they're deep sea creatures. And like, you always hear people being like, we know less about the bottom of our ocean than we do of the surface of the moon. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just seems like this very mysterious, mystical place where you never really know what you're going to find. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I just think it's amazing that the Earth has, like, you know, giant squids and giant isopods and all of these things. Yeah, it is like aliens, and I, I think that's really cool. And I'm personally really impressed that our Animal Crossing characters are able to dive to the deep sea quite easily so good for them i wish i had that kind of strength it would make scientific research a lot easier it really would well thanks sophia for telling us all about the giant isopod today i learned a whole bunch of stuff i I really enjoyed listening to that and thanks everyone for listening please rate and review us it really helps us go up in the charts and of course don't forget to subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're listening to us on or if it's multiple platforms subscribe on both and of course if you have a suggestion for an animal you'd like to see us cover hit us up on instagram or twitter at beyond blathers or email us at beyondblathers at gmail.com and thanks lee for the suggestion today yeah and we just also wanted to say thank you so much this has been such a 
great experience and we're really excited about all the exciting things to come with the podcast but we are going to end off season one here so this will be the last episode of season one and we're going to take a short break to focus on making season two even better and some other exciting projects so we'll catch you back here very soon but bye for now i guess sort of (laughs) brb for now brb for now yeah we're thinking of taking probably about a month off so you should see another post soon enough but we are really excited we're going to be launching a merch store so if you've been enjoying the illustrations on our instagram and twitter and if the podcast hosting site you're on shows you the illustrations we're going to be using those on stickers and on postcards and maybe on some other pieces of merch so keep an eye out on our instagram and twitter for that we're really excited to be launching it and to share that with you so yeah if you've ever wanted to own a little bit of olivia's beautiful art now is the time so (laughs) yeah get some sunfish on your laptops or (laughs) your nalgene water bottles yeah i'm so excited for that So yeah, okay, well, bye. Bye for now. Bye for now. (laughs) We'll see you soon.